Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So I wanted to start out with these different types of prayers that came from Hinduism, from African religion, from the Quran, from the Hebrew scriptures, from the Christian scriptures, and many more. We have so much that we share in prayer, so much that we have and can see in each other's religion and spiritual understanding. And yet we do approach prayer and meditation and our communication and conversation with God sometimes very differently. And today I wanted to talk about how prayer as a divine conversation can be both hindering our progress as well as promoting it. Think for a moment back when you first start, started to pray. How old were you? Three years, four years old? Throw me some numbers. 30. 30. That's possible too, right? Four or five? Five? 20? Okay. So some of us learned to pray very early on, and others learned to pray much later. And then how many of us stopped praying for quite some time at some point in our lives? Anyone? Yeah. Why is that? Why do you think? Say again? On the answer prayers, right? You know, it is written, obviously, in, in, as, as most of you will remember who grew up with Christianity, that, you know, what we should ask, and then it will be given to us. But it's a bit of a tricky translation, what asking actually means and what the giving to us means. We see it transactional. And transactional has become really popular over the past few days, few years, right? It's like everything has started to become transactional. Even, even the church service sometimes feels transactional. Like we come to find a place of worship, but then we're also asked to give <laughs> as if it was a transaction that we need to perform here. And often prayer is treated exactly the same way. We're asking already with the idea in mind that we are supposed to be given because that's what the Bible tells us. The problem is that the translation itself is flawed. To ask in prayer is not like to ask for something. It's much closer to claim what already is, to stand in the truth. It's not about asking someone, whether it's God, 
mother, father, God, or the universe for anything, but to claim what we believe is already within us. And we may need a little bit of faith, right, in that moment, because we may see ourselves as a little bit of brokenness. And in order to go past that brokenness, we need that faith that we see beyond that brokenness and have faith and have true belief in that there is something else there. And yet, we're supposed to claim that. That is what this passage means. We need to claim our truth, claim the truth of who and what we are, and then the universe will appear differently to us. It's actually quite simple. You can take anything in your life, anything simple. I often use the example that Elaine and I now, 12 years, how old is our car? Um, it's old. <laughs> we bought it like more than 12 years ago, a Honda Element, right? If you know, it's kind of like a boxy car. It's pretty, it's really practical. Okay, up until we entered that Honda dealership when we bought that car, we had no recollection, no, no idea that this car even existed in the whole wide world. If someone told me, hey, there is a car called Honda Element and this is how it looks like, I would have told them, I don't believe you. Seriously. And after many, many, many hours of negotiations, Right? Who does not love going to a car dealership? Right? After many hours of con uh, uh, stuff about financing and uh, looking at uh, other Hondas and all that, we walked by and saw this peculiar looking car. Never seen it before. Didn't even believe it was a Honda. But it had the Honda symbol on it, and we walked around it, it said element on it, and said, what kind of car is that? Never seen that car ever in my life before. We ended up buying that car that day, and we drove that car off the lot. And guess what happened on the way back? We were about 30 miles away from our house. How many cars, how many elements did we see? <laughs> we saw about four or five elements at least, at least. Why is that, you think? Awareness. We shall not ask but claim to bring into our awareness what it means to be divine. That is the message that Jesus gave us. That is the message that not only Jesus gave us, but the Buddha Siddhartha gave us, that Muhammad gave us, may peace be upon him, that Krishna gave to Arjuna and by Arjuna to the whole Hindu religion that Confucius gave us to his followers. We shall claim and bring into awareness that what already is, even if we may not have yet concrete evidence, but we put faith in that and then we bring into existence by that claim that which we desire. Not want, but desire. We may want the coffee after service. We may want, you know, a big, bigger house or a nicer car or whatever. But what we truly desire is different, isn't it? In the end, does the size of our house matter? 
when it comes to what we truly want? Probably not as much. I mean, it matters to a certain degree because we want to be comfortable, we want to be safe. What we truly desire is what drives us. In unity, we actually believe that the desire, the power of desire, which is the power of love, power of love, desire drives the entire universe. Imagine that for a moment. What you desire right now is the driving force of what makes this universe work. All the good and all the bad as well. What you desire right now participates and contributes in the creation of this entire existence. As far as we can reach it, well beyond the Hubble telescope or the Webster telescope, well beyond that, well beyond our imagination, is driven by our desires. So in prayer, we claim those desires. We learn to claim them. We learn about those desires in the first place, and if they don't match with our reality or what we want to experience, we learn to change those desires and change the way we approach those desires. We learn to build up that faith more and more and more so that we truly can stand in our power and say, yes, I am that. I am what I seek to be. There's a reason why we close our service with the prayer for protection in the call and response. Right? The power of God protects us. The light of God. Surrounds us, right? But we always say, I am that. Have you ever asked yourself why? Because we're not giving away power. We're acknowledging the power of God. But we're also affirming that we are that. We are the power of God. We are the light of God, the love of God, the presence of God. We're all that. Because God cannot be separate. God cannot, will not, has never been separate from us. We may feel that way sometimes, maybe even several times a day, right? It's moments of despair, moments of anger, or, or judgment, moments where we are in arguments where we feel this hole. This hole many of us fill with you know, all sorts of things, going shopping, eating, using drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. That hole that we feel, that's that sign, not that God is not in existence, but that we have lost just for a moment the awareness that God is even there. So it matters how we think about God, yes. But what matters more is that what we think and feel and how we pray is resonating with who we are today. 
Because often what happens is when we learn to pray, especially as a four or five-year-old, guess what? Whose beliefs we are adopting at that point? Who do you think it is? Probably the parents, right? Because the parents, if we grew up in a household, mother, father, or maybe single mother, single father, or maybe uh, adoptive parents, we most likely learn to pray, as a child at least, from our parents. So we're adopting their belief system, how they were raised, and probably they adopted it from their parents and so on. It's something in psychology, in counseling psychology, we, we call generational um, transition. We look at it in psychology through generational trauma. Trauma can be tra transferred from generations down the road, and someone who grows up with that generational trauma still experiences that trauma very much in the here and now for themselves. Prayer works very similarly. We often adopt something that comes down from generations. And then what happens is we grow up. We grow up in a very different society often than our parents and our grandparents and great-grandparents did, wouldn't you say? I mean, I sometimes don't understand millennials, you know? And I'm not that much older, right? I'm Gen X. And millennials, sometimes I go, what? <laughs> and then, you know, Gen Y and all that, and it's like I laugh about it, and I, I kind of like want to know about it because it's so different, but it makes sense because there might be a 20-year difference, a generation difference between one and the other. And so it's very natural that there is an evolution. But guess what? How much, those of you especially who learned it very early on, likely from your parents, how much have you evolved in your understanding of spirit and God and the universe and how you relate to it and in opposition to that, how much has your prayer changed? Has it? If yes, awesome. Because you have broken free from some of those generational limitations. But many of us, at least when I work with congregants or work with students on their prayer work, it, comes, it becomes very, very clear very quickly that their understanding of the divine, of themselves and how they relate in the universe to some spirit or some God is very different to the prayer that they perform and that they use. Because it's still linked to that time when prayer brought comfort and ease and peace because our parents might have kneeled down beside us next to the bed at night because they have given us attention and love and care in those moments, those rare moments throughout the day and given us the time and love that we craved for all day long. Our prayer that we learn very early on is often associated with feelings that it's very hard to let go of. 
because they're beautiful feelings in many ways. Not always, but in most cases, they're directly connected with that feeling of being home, the feeling of being comforted, the feeling that there is something bigger out there. And it's hard to let go of that. And we don't need to either. But what is important is when we think of prayer and think of our divine conversation is to understand how we think and feel about God today and how we think and feel about ourselves in relationship to that today. And whether or not our prayer that we use, if we use it at all, matches still that understanding. If we believe in a greater universe that is somehow coming together and creating all these wonderful things and we are part of that and we're inseparable of that, does it still make sense then to pray to a single entity, a father or mother figure somewhere up in the clouds taking care of us? Probably not. But that very figure may give us comfort because that's how we learned to be comforted when we were young. We know that children, babies, and toddlers perceive their parents as gods. And only over time, because parents make mistakes and um, you know, get upset and all that, we start realizing that, no, our parents are not gods. But very early on, research has shown that, that as children, we perceive our parents as god figures, as incredible beings who can do absolutely everything. And whenever they cannot do, whenever they cannot buy the toy that we want, that gets chipped away a little bit. Whenever they're putting us in the corner because we were a little bit naughty, that gets chipped away a bit because the understanding of our parents being gods and being good all the time and being omnipresent and always being protecting is starting to fade away. But the need and the feeling and the desire to feel that we are comforted and safe, that doesn't. Prayer is important. Unity believes very much in that. Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, our co-founders, have built this organization upon prayer. Prayer has existed before the church organization existed, years and years before, about 30 years before that. Silent unity in its core the prayer chaplaincy or the prayer system that we have that serves millions of people every single year has existed for almost 130 years. That's about 20 to 30 years longer than unity as a church has existed. So prayer is important. But we're not praying to the God of our parents necessarily. We're not praying to the God that's outside of ourselves or separate from us. We're praying in a very different way. We pray affirmatively because we 
trying to learn to claim rather than to ask. And it's a process, and this is why we're doing this fall program this time around, to give all of us an opportunity to say, well, let me check it out. Let me see if the prayer that I feel comforted so much still works for the way I understand myself to be. Or if another form of prayer, and there are many out there, is working better. Wherever you go in scripture, you'll find the same thing. When Jesus goes and prays, he usually, it says in the story, he goes up a mountain. In Siddhartha's story, he usually sits by the river. Moses goes up the mountain. All these spiritual leaders have a way of connecting with some form that's greater than themselves. Usually it's connected to nature, and that resonates with many of us. But we learned over time that we don't even have to go into nature, that we can go up the mountain in our own mind, that we can sit by the river in our own mind. And whichever resonates more with us, the Christian approach, the Jewish approach, the Muslim approach, the unity approach, all of those approaches will work for any of us. But the question is, is the approach that you're using right now really working for you? That's the only question to ask. It's not about letting go of the comfort of your parents and the comfort of your home, but maybe learning a different language and learning a different way of approaching that divine that you seek now, not 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. I usually ask myself the same question over and over again. And I do this with clients in counseling or uh, congregants in ministry. I sometimes ask, so how is this working for you? I made the joke before, you know, if I have someone come in and say, hey, every morning when I get up at five o'clock, I run into the wall three times. Every morning. And I, I keep having this headache, and I wonder why. <laughs> right? And they say, well, maybe stop running into the wall three times. Maybe that works. They say, no, 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 that's part of my, what's it called? Routine. My routine, right? Every morning, I get up and run into the wall three times, but I don't know where the headache is coming from. That can happen in our prayer work, in our spiritual work. We keep doing something that no longer resonates. And again, I'm not trying to take away what works for you, but I'm trying to challenge you to ask yourself, is it still working for you? You know, we laugh about the guy who runs into the wall three times and then complains about the headache, but that's not very, uh, very different from some of the things that we do. If we keep asking, um, 
you know, if we, if we keep putting the power outside of ourselves, as we like to see in unity, and we're kind of say, well, why don't you take care of this, whether we call it nature or God or universe, doesn't really matter. Please take care of it, and then we sit back in the couch. You remember me talking about spiritual couch potato? Right? If we keep putting our ask, that which we desire, outside of ourselves and hope for someone else taking care of it, rather than learning to understand, here is what I can do in order to help this process. We don't have to do it ourselves all the time, but we can help it. We can help facilitate what we truly desire. Those are the things that we can ask ourselves. And if the prayer that we use right now works for us, then that is what we ought to use. And if it doesn't work for us, if our life doesn't work as well as we would like it to be, and we make that connection, maybe it has something to do with our behavior, maybe prayer is part of it, maybe it is not, then we can ask ourselves, are we willing to learn something new? And if we are, then we have opportunities to do so. Right now, here, we have the fall program. That's one opportunity. But personally, as a minister, as much as I would love for you to stay here and be here and stay with our community and, and be part of our community. It's actually much more important as a minister for you to find your way. If unity is your way, awesome. If unity is not your way but you love the community, you're always welcome, right? That's the beauty about unity. That's the very reason why I became a unity minister and not another minister is because of that openness. But if another way is your way, please choose that. That's more important than anything else. To come to your understanding what you need right now and whether or not your spiritual community fulfills that need and offers those opportunities to walk that path. So over the next few weeks, hopefully many of us will study. And again, no one has to agree with Linda here. I would be surprised if everyone would. But I encourage you to have the openness and the curiosity to see what else is out there. See if you can find the comfort and the peace and the feeling of safety. If you can find it maybe in here or in a way that works better for us, for you, for anyone than it has been. And if what you've been doing works for you, I want you to share that with us, too. Because ultimately, we only learn from each other. And with that, let us take a moment 
in a different conversation with God. Allowing the meditation piece to enter. And think of meditation as a different form of prayer, if you will. One that allows you to quietly learn more about yourself. It's commonly known that prayer is seen as talking with God. And meditation, more listening. Listening from the higher self, the spirit, the Christ self. Listening from the God self, that which is beyond often our limitations. So as you have listened to these words over the past few minutes, I now want you to turn within and breathe into your entire being. Allow the music to be a vehicle to inspire you to expand. Allow your breath to settle and relax. For a moment, scan your body. Just go through with your mind and check in with your body. The feet on the ground, the hands on your lap or wherever you feel comfortable. The shoulders, the neck, the chest, hips. And find any tension that you might experience right now. Tension that may have built up over the past few minutes. Tension that provide a sense of resistance or some angst. And bring some gentleness to those places. Wherever you feel that tension, just kindly smile at it. Bring compassion to where it's tense, where your limitations may rest. Focus on what is tense. Smile. And gently tell it, I love you. I love you. 
let it know that you're not here to get rid of it. You're not here to despise it or judge it or say it's any, anything wrong with it. All you're here to do is to love it. And everything that is tense right now, your shoulder, neck, hips, chest, feet, hands, arms, legs, anything that might feel tense, you just love it. Tell it you love it, you understand it, you cherish it, you care for it. Open your heart. Allow the power and presence of your divine to move into that. Breathe and notice how the tension goes away. Breathe and notice how not just your body, but your entire way of being relaxes right now. Steps away from fear, steps away from regret. Witness this separation. Witness this transition from tenseness to ease, from narrowness to openness. from knowing everything to knowing nothing. Allow your greater self to take on the power and beauty of yourself. Breathe deeply allow that power and presence to come forth and become with every atom of your body yourself and imagine imagine just for a moment that all your challenges, all your obstacles have disappeared. Find that smile again in your face, in your entire body. Find the strength, the faith, and the presence. And move it outward. Dig in deep within you and bring it out. Dig in deep within you and bring it out. Once again, dig in deep within you and bring it out. Bring it out in the way you look at people. You talk to them. The way you smile at them. The way your eyes look at them. Bring your entire body, your entire spirit, your soul and everything to this moment and commit yourself to the love and presence you are.
allow all these beautiful teachings to inspire you, whichever they are. And give thanks for this moment, for yourself, for this community, for this world. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 